Hello, everyone. Welcome to church. We are so excited that you're joining us today. My name is Victoria Betger, and with me here today, I have Luke Betger, my husband, and we are two of the lead pastors here at Slate Church together with Brandon and Emma Richardson. And again, we just want to say a warm welcome. We're so happy that you're joining us today. This is pretty cool to be up here together. We're not, yes. we don't do that very often. No. I like it. I like your very pink sweater. It looks very beautiful. Thank you. It's very fluffy and it's, warm. And it's very pink. Yes, it it's is. It's very pink as well. Well, hey, there are all kinds of ways you can invite people to church, and one is popping up in the chat right now, and we would love for you to click that button and invite somebody out to church, somebody that you know needs to be here today. Go ahead and hit that and send that invite right now. And also, we've got a Connect card button that is popping up in the chat, and we would love for you to click that button and fill out a Connect card if you want to know how you can get more involved at Slate Church, uh, how to get connected, whatever it might be. We want to connect with you as a church, so make sure that you do that. But right now, we're going to take some time, and we're going to start this service by worshiping God together. So why don't you jump to your feet wherever you find yourself, and let's lean into the presence of God today. Come on, church, wherever you are, whether you're in a living room or a watch party, let's worship the same way. Here's to the one who made the morning bright. Here's to the one who taught the stars to shine. Here's to the one who graced the dead of night. Pull me from the dark, set my heart alight. Here's to the one who made my heart to sing. Open up my eyes, wash away my sin. Here's to the one who gave his life for mine Broke all my chains and be free, all right To the way, to the truth To the life, I live in the life you gave Jesus, peace to your name over everything to the way you wiped away my past. Here's to the future and the things to come. Here's to my Savior's everlasting love. To the way, to the truth, to the life I live in the light you give. Jesus, here's to your name over everything. Jesus, here's to your name. 
church we love to celebrate with people and walk alongside them and so every week we just read out some of the praise reports and the prayer requests um, from people in our church so something that people or someone in our church is thankful for is they're thankful for God's provision over their finances and for supplying them with a full-time job how exciting is that Uh, someone is also thankful that their friend accepted their invite to L night. How exciting is that as well? Our L night's coming up soon. But we also take time to walk alongside people and pray with them as they're going through uh, struggles in their life. So now uh, we just lift these things up in prayer and a few of the things that we're praying for this week are we're praying for peace in a stressful university midterm season. And we're also praying for someone's relationship and their marriage. And so right now, you know, we can't say everything um, that people are praying for, but we're going to lift all of those prayer requests up. So if you feel comfortable, um, lift your hands just towards the screen. Um, If you have a prayer request that wasn't mentioned, lift your other hand to the screen. And we're just going to pray right now. God, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our church, God, and all that you're doing outside of our church in this world, despite the struggling circumstances of our world today. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing. And we thank you for all that you've done, God, in our lives, for providing for us, for financial help, for giving us what we need, God, whatever that is, God. And so, as we look back on everything that you've done, God, we're looking forward to everything that you're gonna do. God, we're lifting these prayer requests up to you, God. We lift um, people who are struggling financially. We lift people who are looking for jobs up to you. And God, again, we just lay all of that at your feet. We thank you for everything again that you've done. And we know that you're going to move in these situations. We know that you're going to move. God, and again, we lay these at your feet, God. We lift them up to you, God, and we thank you that you're working. We thank you that you're working, God. In your name, amen.
Amen. Well, hey, we're actually going to continue in our worship right now as we gather around our giving together. And to encourage us in our giving today, I just want to read to you from Scripture. I want to read Luke 6, verse 38. It says this, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Hey, how many people know that we are so blessed? Where we live in Canada, here in Waterloo Region, we are so blessed. As a church, we are so blessed. As individuals, we are so blessed. We have been given so much by God. And now is our opportunity to give back to God from what he has given to us, to return back to God out of the blessings that he has just just bestowed on us, just given to us. We actually get to take a moment and we get to honor God with the first fruits of that blessing. And so that's what we do as we gather around our tithe. Tithe means a tenth. It's where we take a tenth of our income and we give it back to God as a way of saying, God, I understand that, I, that all of this is a gift from you and I'm gonna honor you with the first fruit of that which I bring in. And you know, the truth is, and certainly I've seen it in my own life, that God will do more with 90% of my income than I could ever do with 100% of my own. And we're gonna take some time right now and we are going to give to God. This is an amazing moment. We love to be able to do this as a church. It really is a moment of worship where we remember that God is on the throne and we're not. And that every blessing we have comes from him in the first place. So hey, why don't we get ready to give? There's all kinds of ways to give. They're up on the screen right now, different ways that you can give. And however it is, why don't you go ahead and get ready to do that. But however it is you give, let's pray over the giving right now, believing that our giving will go to just move move the church forward and to take the name of Jesus forward in any way that we can. As a church, we have a lot of opportunities to serve our city, to serve those in need, and it is our giving as a church that releases us to be able to do what it is that we get to do, to make the name of Jesus known and to love others. And so, hey, right now, wherever you are, why don't we just take a moment and pray over this offering today. Father, we thank you so much for the way that you have blessed us, the immeasurable blessings that we have on our lives. Father, we just pray right now that as we give back to you, as we return, as we give this 10th, Lord, would you just do the miraculous with it? Father, we pray that people would come to know who you are as we give. We pray, Jesus, that as we release this to you, that you would just do so much more with it than we could ever possibly imagine. Would you bless this giving today? In your mighty name we pray, and everybody said amen. 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 Well, hey, wherever you are, again, we want to say welcome, but why don't you go ahead, take a seat right now. If you're at a watch party, you can go ahead and do that. Even if you're at home, take a seat, and we're going to continue in our service right now as we go into a segment that I absolutely love. Right now, we are going into the interview. So, hey, Pastor Jared, I'm going to pass it over to you, man, for the interview. Thank you, Pastor Luke. We are almost 100% matching here with the black on black. You just went with a little bit of a different coat, a little bit of a different shoes, but I'll get you next week. But hey, church, how cool is it that we get to sit down with somebody in our community and hear a little bit about what God has done in their life? I know that even just hearing these stories in the last little bit has encouraged me, reminded me of things in my faith. And so today, I'm really excited to introduce our guest. We've got Garrett with us here today. Come on, can we give it up for Garrett, studio team? 
Thanks for having me. Good to have you, man. It's good to see you. Uh, Garrett, you're somebody that I, I've met recently. Uh, actually, recently is like a year and a half ago, I yeah, guess. I, mean, like, like, I started going to Slate, like, uh, I guess, July last year. And, right. Yeah, you were one of the first people I met, actually. Yeah, and so we, we met pretty early on, but have just gotten to know you uh, a little bit more in the last little bit. But I'm excited for people to hear a little bit of your story. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what your faith journey has been like? Uh, so yeah, I guess a uh, little background before I get into it is, uh, I grew up atheist agnostic. Like I went to Catholic school, but, uh, I never really took it seriously. Um, so, uh, now we can jump way ahead. Uh, in 2014, uh, I, I started dating, uh, someone that I was working with and the relationship quickly became very, very toxic. There was a lot of elements of emotional abuse and manipulation and stuff like that. Something that, um, it feels weird to talk about, but, uh, you know, essentially, like, it came down to things like, you know, if I had issues in the relationship and I would confront her, uh, it would kind of turn around and it would be right. my fault because of something I did. Right. Um, no really meeting me halfway, uh, telling me not to take job opportunities, but taking them for herself. And, wow. um, you know, eventually I tried to get out of the relationship, but I was kind of guilt-tripped into staying, which... Right. and. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I was already in a bad place, and, and it just got worse because after that, I stayed, and mm. uh, I started cheating on her with, like, sex workers and everything wow. like that. It just it tore me down completely. Wow. Uh, you know, I didn't think that I was ever going to cross that line, but I did, yeah. and every single time I did it, I felt worse and worse about myself. Like, this is the best it's going to get for wow. me. Uh, so, that's yeah. wild, man. Yeah, that's, uh, that got me... Like, eventually, it came to a really messy end, and so I started... Right. I started exploring spirituality after that point. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so later in like 2017, I ended up joining a Mormon church. And, yeah. you know, um, I, I just really needed a change in my life. Mm. But I had to keep rationalizing a lot of the doctrines that I was learning. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I guess, yeah, it was, uh, there, there was inconsistencies in, in scriptures that I was reading. Yeah. And, um it eventually turned into a bit of a faith crisis for me, which right. was which was last year. So, um, yeah, that that was that was a whole lot of fun. Cause, cause, <laughs> yeah, no, for real. But we were talking a little bit about this yesterday, and you were just saying to me how. Uh, as you began to read the Bible more, it just began, you began to see a lot more like consistency in scripture and it really like made you question some of the stuff that you were believing. Yes, that's definitely true. Um, so one of the things that I ended up doing in, in the midst of the faith crisis was I started checking out other churches and right. Slate was one of them. I had heard about it from a friend mm -hmm. uh, back in the winter time uh, earlier that year. And, you know, I start hearing this message of like grace and everything and I didn't even know what that was. Mm. I thought like I, I was constantly taught that my works mattered and that I had to kind of earn my place with God. Mm. And um, w when I start hearing about grace, I remember even sitting at a connect group and, and just saying, hey, guys, like, what is grace? Right. <laughs> Everyone has to go around and like, tell me what it is. It still didn't make sense to yeah. me. But, you know, as I continue reading the New Testament, like s especially the second time over, it just starts to become so much more clear to me. And then mm. uh, I guess maybe uh, September, October last year, it just, it hit me so hard. Right. And I realized that like I really was forgiven. And you know, Isaiah 64, six says, my works are like filthy rags. Right. So what can I do to measure up? There was nothing I could do. And I, realizing that Jesus did all of that for right. me Come and on, said, I, want, I died for you. It, but I also died for them. Mm. And so that, that really helped me look at the people that 
had hurt me in the past yeah. and forgive them as well because wow. if I received his grace, they are worthy Come of on, it man. too. How incredible is that? Yeah, yeah that's worth a, worth a clap for sure. Dude, what, what a roller coaster of a story. Like even as you were telling me this the other day, I was just like, man, Garrett, you've seen some things. You've been through some stuff in your life and it's amazing to see what God has done in you and through you. And I think there were a couple of things that you had just shared with me that I think would be great to share with everybody of just the things that you really learned like through this process. One of those, what you just shared of that, that gospel of grace and what God has already done for us. And, um, and you had talked to me so much. You're a guy who loves scripture and loves reading the Bible Love and just it. the importance yeah. of that. So like, <laughs> tell me a little bit about that and what that means to you. Uh, so, I mean, like there's, there's so much wisdom in scripture that you can get and, you know, um, there's grace everywhere and, and, and I can't stress enough how important that, that is. I Mm. mean, you see it in, in the old Testament, like Joseph with his brothers for all he could have put them through. He let them off so easy and you just see grace at the start of the Bible and it's in every single section. Um, and you know, we sometimes like find ourselves in these faith crises and you're, we're saying like, God, why are you picking on me? You know, all, all this stuff. And, right. you know, I'm, I was reading Job chapter eight the other day and he's literally saying these exact things. I'm like, yeah. oh, hey, I see myself in him. And, right. you know, the <laughs> right. scriptures are there to relate to. They're there for correction. They're there to teach mm. and everything. So honestly, what I would tell people is read your Bible. Like, yeah. it, it, you <laughs> know, what, whatever culture you're in, if you're living in culture, you're not living in the word. Wow. It's a good word, so, man. Garrett, uh, like even just hearing you speak now, I'm encouraged by the, the things that God has done in your life, the way that you talk about God's grace and God's love. It's, it's obviously real to you and apparent to you. And it reminds me, like uh, growing up in church, my dad's a pastor, so I've seen this for a long time. You can forget the significance of the grace of God in your life and the mm-hmm. love that God has for you. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that with me. It's encouraged me. I know it's encouraged people in our church. So again, can we give it up for Garrett and just the time that he's taken thank you. to share? Hey, we actually have got a cool video here for Heart for the House, and so I'm actually going to toss it over there, and then Pastor Luke is going to lead us through some stuff around Heart for the House this year. On November 8th, we have Heart for the House Sunday. You know, we're really excited about this Sunday as a church. These are Sundays that are historic for us as a church. These are Sundays that have enabled us to do what we are doing as a church. If you don't know what Heart for the House is, quite simply... It's our once a year above and beyond our regular tithes and offering giving. It's a time where our church comes together and we sow sacrificially into what God is doing here. We give financially. And it's been incredible to see what God has done through our willingness to be generous in the past. God has blessed it in ways that honestly as lead pastors, we could not even imagine. You know, two years ago with our Heart for the House giving, we were able to launch Slate Church Elmira. It was amazing to see uh, all that God has done through Slate Church Elmira. We have seen many people in Elmira make a decision to follow Jesus. We've seen families being been coming out. We've seen people get involved in connect groups. It's been amazing to see the life change that has happened. You know, last year we saw our church uh, rally around Heart for the House like never before. Last year we gave more than $250,000 to our Heart for the House giving. And it enabled us as a church to take ground like never before for the name of Jesus and for the kingdom of heaven. It allowed us to launch a brand new morning campus for our church. That was just last year. It allowed us to do incredible things. And we saw many people uh, come into relationship with Jesus through that campus. We saw lives change. We saw people set free. We saw families reconciled. 
child. It's been amazing to see what God has done. Not only that, but our giving last year also made it possible for us to do a quick pivot this year and build what Pastor Brandon showed last week, the studio that we film church in every single week and is having an impact in our region, in our nation, and honestly, all around the world as we have been seeing people make decisions to follow Jesus every single week that actually we've been a church and also every single week the church has been online. People have been making a decision to follow Jesus and it has been incredible. This year, we're excited for Heart for the House. This year, we are giving towards things not yet seen. We can't wait to see the miracles that God is going to do, to see the life change, to see uh, the healing, to see people set free that is going to come as a direct result of our willingness to sacrifice financially, to be generous, to be a blessing of, out of that which we have been blessed by God with. And listen, as lead pastors, we want to encourage us as a church, let's get behind this together. We cannot wait to see what God is going to do through Heart for the House this year. As many of you know, Heart for the House normally takes place in the spring, and we had it scheduled for the spring of this year, but that was interrupted, of course, by COVID. So now we're having it here in October, in November, and we're excited for what God is going to do. We don't think there could possibly be a better time for us to be having Heart for the House than right now, because this year's Heart for the House is a statement of faith like never before, that even in the midst of a global pandemic, we are going to trust God financially to do far and beyond what we could ever do with it according to our own strength. We are going to give it to Him and watch Him do the miraculous. There's no doubt that this year, 2020, has been a year where a lot of people have been facing what feels like darkness. But we also know that through the giving of just one individual, we bring the light of Jesus into the world around us. And we can't wait to see what one individual can do, what you can do as an individual. Don't deny the light that you can shine into this world through this faith act of giving. But not only on an individual level, but on a collective level. It's incredible to see what we can do together as a church as we create new avenues and new opportunities to take the good news of Jesus, to take his light and bring it to the entire world world around us. We believe that every place that darkness exists, it can be dispelled in the name of Jesus. On every street corner, in every classroom, in every office building, in every government building, wherever it may be, we believe that the light of Jesus is needed like never before. And we firmly believe that this year, our giving towards Heart for the House is going to take that light of Jesus through creative ways, new avenues, new pathways, new roads, and we are going to see Jesus do more than we could ever think or imagine. This year, this heart for the house, we are giving towards things not yet seen. Let's get behind it, church. Let's believe for it, church. And we can't wait to see what God is going to do through our giving, through our generosity, and through our sacrifice. We can't wait. Well, that's right. Heart for the House is just three weeks away. November 8th, we have Heart for the House, and we are so, so excited for that. Mark it on your calendar. 
get ready, start to listen for what God is saying to you. We really believe that as a church, we can come together and we can sacrificially give in an amazing way that is going to allow the name of Jesus to shine like never before in our region and in our world. We can't wait to see what God is going to do in just three weeks time. Well, hey, couple other quick announcements today just before we move forward. The first thing I want to say is this. Two nights ago, this past Friday night, we had our L nights across the city, and they were absolutely amazing. It's so great to see what God is doing in the women's ministry here at Slate Church. If you didn't know, all across the city, people were tuning in to L night, and it was an amazing time. Hey, put in the chat what your favorite part was. Put in the chat something that just stood out to you if you were there, if you were one of the women who was attending. It was amazing. You know, as a church, we just want to say we are so proud of Pastor Victoria and Pastor Emma and their whole team and everything that they have done to make L Knights what they were. It was fantastic. So we're excited for that. Also, just want to say, last announcement, last thing that I want to say today is quite simply this. Make sure that you're following us on social media. Stay up to date with everything we're doing as a church. Follow us on Instagram at Slate Church, but also we've got a new Instagram account, Slate Church Online, for everything you need to know about our online campus. We would love it if you would follow us there. The reason we want you to follow us is actually for you, because we don't want you to miss out on anything that's going on in our church. We want to make sure that you are up to date on all the news and everything else, and we'd love to see you there. So make sure that you follow us uh, everywhere that uh, every social media channel that we're at make sure you follow us there also subscribe to our YouTube channel make sure you don't forget about that and uh, if you're watching on YouTube hello click that button press subscribe we don't want you to miss out on anything that we're doing as a church are you ready for the word today listen I'm really excited for what God wants to speak to us today and it's my absolute privilege My absolute privilege, Pastor Emma, to be passing it over to you today. I'm so thrilled for what God is going to speak through you. I'm excited. I am expectant. And I just want to say, take it away. And I'm looking forward to this. Amazing. Come on. Thanks so much, Pastor Luke. We have so many exciting things happening in our church, and I just love to hear about them. I love to tune into them, and I love to lean into them. So make sure you are doing that. But hey, I'm going to jump right in. Don't want to waste any time. If you have your Bible, why don't you open it up to Hebrews 12, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Why don't we pray together, church? Jesus, I thank you so much that we get to come to you today, Lord, that we get to take this time to read your word, to learn from your word, and I pray that you would speak through me in a powerful way, God. We thank you for all you have done already up to this point in this service, God, and I pray for what you have in store ahead. Let us be tender and open to it. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. 
Well, the last time I spoke, I told you about the false alarm with our daughter, Claire, being born in April of 2019. And I just want to fast forward my life there about six weeks. So now we're at June 2019. And myself and Pastor Luke, Pastor Victoria, and Pastor Brandon, we're all planning to head out on a trip um, to go to a conference. And it was going to be great, a leadership conference. And, and it was out west. And, and, and we were excited for this. And I was like, OK, I need to get ready for this trip. I had a six-week-old baby, uh, which is a little bit intense. But uh, we were still going for it. And uh, I, I was like, I need to get ready for this trip. So one day, when I was out, I was thinking, I need to get some carry-on baggage. I don't want to carry too much around with me. I have this little baby with me, so I need to get some carry-on baggage. So I, I was out actually garage sailing. And listen, I know, if you have known me for any length of time, you know that I love a good yard sale. I love a good deal. And I will tell you 10 times the deal that I got on Kijiji. So listen, I am excited about yard sales. So I was walking around, and it was like a neighborhood yard sale. This is the Jack pot of yard sales, okay? Every other driveway has some sort of junk that you can purchase with your hard-earned money. So I was walking along, and there out of the corner of my eye, I saw a carry-on bag just sitting there. And I was so excited. I was like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. This is perfect. I picked it up for two seconds, took a look. They wanted $5 for it, and I was like, this is the best deal that I'm going to get, and so I am going to purchase this baggage. So I took it home, didn't think much of it, got packed up for the trip and, and got my, my, my carry-on baggage to the airport on this particular day. But I should let you know that when it comes to uh, uh, traveling with an infant, specifically a newborn, really um, this bag is not the only baggage that I am carrying with me. So I thought I would bring what I had with me on that particular trip out today. So I don't know if you could just stroll, uh, bring that on out everything that I had with me. I'll let, them, I'll let them bring this out so you can get a little bit of a visual of what it's like to travel with a six-week-old baby if you are planning on doing that at any point. But I got to the airport. I had my bags with me. I had my baggage. I had my, I had my car seat. I had my stroller. I had my uh, playpen because they need to sleep somewhere. I had my diaper bag. I had a personal bag. And I had this little black carry-on bag. Okay, you can take a lot when you have kids on a plane. This is why people don't like parents on planes. And I get to the airport, I have all of these things. I have Claire who is literally screaming her face off. And I all of a sudden go to open up the extendable handle so that I can walk along with my bag while I push the stroller. And it is stuck. All right, it is not going anywhere. And immediately, Pastor Luke looks at me and goes, where did you get that thing? And I... I didn't want to admit to him that this was a garage sale fine. So I was like, it's fine. It's no problem. Just a little bit broken. It's not a big deal. Made my way now with carrying my carry-on bag uh, through security, made my way over to the other side. And I go to pick it up at one point, And the handle that I was using to carry it now breaks off. And not only does it break off, but there are two screws sticking out the top that are pointed and sticking out the... And I'm like, now it looks like I have a weapon on this airplane amidst me with this child, amidst all of these other things that I am carrying with me. It was a little bit crazy. It was a little bit insane. So I decided that when I got home, I would purchase a different carry-on bag. Um, and I was like, I'm getting rid of this other thing. So I actually went to a store. I didn't buy it off of someone. And I saw this perfect bag. I'll just bring it out for you. I'll add it to my pile. 
I, I found the perfect bag and I got it home. And Brandon was like, that is the ugliest thing I have ever seen in my life. Maybe if you're in the chat right now, why don't we take it to the chat? What do we think? Is this beautiful or not? I'm not sure. You can decide. Give your opinion. Give what you think there. But that is my new carry-on baggage. So all this and a baby through the airport. We made it. It was a great conference. It was awesome. And listen, carry-on baggage might make sense when you are going on a trip. And, and having the right kind is important and all of these sorts of things. But I was thinking that for many of us, we actually take this carry-on baggage with us when we're actually trying to run the race of life. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to be walking around with carry-on baggage like this when we are trying to run a race. We're trying to do this all the time. So if you're taking notes today, why don't you write down this title, Drop Your Baggage. Drop your baggage. You see, I love this verse that we just read a moment ago because it directly follows Hebrews chapter 11. And this is basically a long list of people who were recognized for their faith in God, heroes of the faith. But these were real people who screwed up and messed up and, and, and fell to the side and turned their back on God and argued with God, wrestled with God, killed, lied, stole, gave into fear, and doubted God. And yet here they are in this list of the heroes of the faith. And the author goes on to say, since we are surrounded by these people, such a great cloud of witnesses, we need to run this race free from baggage. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And you know, this is all well and good, and this is something that we can quote and something that we can say, but for a lot of us, this is actually harder than what it seems. The idea of throwing off is great when we talk about it, but how many of us have attempted to do that and we just can't seem to get rid of it? We tried to throw off our anger, sarcasm, negative attitude, but it comes back over and over again. We don't want, want to waste time day in and day out on things like social media and things that are distracting us. And we even maybe went to the extent to, to you know, put some time limits on it or delete the app, or to, but time and time we come back to it over and over again. We're in the habit of looking at ourselves through negative eyes, that we're not enough, that we've not done enough. We pick up every worry, every step of the way. We find ourselves at night lying in bed, just thinking over and over and over again about this thing that is plaguing us. We go over past situations of what we could have done differently. And every time we try to give it up, we're met with these thoughts coming again and again. So how do we throw something off that we feel like we have no control over, that we have grown so accustomed to? You know, this reminds me of the story in Mark chapter 10 of this rich young ruler. And basically this guy comes to Jesus and says, how can I be saved? And Jesus goes on and he tells him about the commandments. And he tells him about the law. And he says, I've done all those things. I'm good with all of that. And then Jesus sees him and says, then go and sell all of your possessions. And the man walks away very sad and very distraught because he was very rich. You see, this man had baggage that he could not release. So what carry-on baggage are you walking around with? What are you trying to run through life holding on to? For some of us, it's shame. It's a belief that you have done something yourself or something has been done to you that counts you out in life. Maybe it's guilt that you feel bad about your behavior, anxiety or worry or fear of something you have or have not done, fear that you're going to fall behind. Maybe you've been a victim of abuse. Maybe you have a secret sin of drunkenness or greed, gluttony. Maybe having sex outside of marriage, promiscuity. Maybe you have an addiction of alcohol, pornography, gambling. Maybe none of these things 
are things that you can relate to, but maybe there is something in your life that is a piece of baggage that you have picked up and you are trying to run with, and you can't let it go. You see, the idea for some of us of throwing it off can seem impossible, and perhaps there's something inside of you that's actually saying you actually deserve to have to carry this. This is something that, that should be on you because of what has happened to you. See, if we're going to actually throw off our baggage today, if we're going to run the race that God has called us to run, we have to actually revisit what is being talked about in this passage. And I think that we can see it kind of broken up into two things, and that's explicit direction and implicit direction. And the first is this explicit direction. In the passage, the writer actually gives us direction of what we need to do if we are going to throw off this baggage. And the first thing that he talks about is our calling. We are called to run a race. In Hebrews 12:1, it says that there is a race marked out for us. There's a race marked out for you specifically. This is your race, and you are called to run it. Whether you are competitive or not, that is not what this is about. If you are set up to run a race, whether you care about the race or not, it is very unlikely that when the gunfire goes off, you're going to sit down on the track and do nothing. It's very unlikely that you're just going to go, well, I'm just going to kind of saunter off the line. If you're set up to run a race, if you've got your feet in the blocks, you are going to start running. Yet for many of us, this is actually how we treat the calling that God has on our lives, to run, to move forward, to keep going with perseverance and endurance. We become so worried about each step. We get focused on the people around us. We focus on ourselves. Today, if you're wondering what your calling is, it's to start running. Your calling is just to take the next step. Your calling is to start moving in the direction that God has for you. You're in a race, and when you're in a race, you're wearing the appropriate things. You're doing the appropriate things. You are not picking up baggage to carry around with you. The second explicit thing that's talked about in this passage is vision. When you're in a race, you're looking ahead. You're not looking behind you. You are looking where you are going. We need to run this race fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author says. Our vision has to be in focus. Why is this? It's because he is the pioneer. He is the, uh, the author of our faith. faith. He is, uh, our faith comes from him. Our faith is in him. He is the beginning. In John chapter 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's talking about Jesus. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He is the pioneer. We need to focus on him because he is also the perfecter. When we focus on Jesus, we recognize that this is not all up to us. He is the one who perfects, he finishes, he makes right our faith. We don't have to have it all figured out. God wants us to be able to stay focused on him, to run without the baggage, to be able to have patient endurance. So why is it then that we can logically understand this? You're probably listening going, yep, I get that. I can logically make sense of that. that, that that's rational to me. So why is it important that if we are able to do that, that we still can't throw off the baggage? It's because old habits die hard. A habit, even if it is sinful, is hard to break. I love what James Clear in the, in the book Atomic Habits writes. He says, all big things come from small beginnings. The seed of every habit is a single, tiny decision. 
But as that decision is repeated, a habit sprouts and grows stronger. Roots entrench themselves and branches grow. The task of breaking a bad habit is like uprooting a powerful oak within us. And the task of building a good habit is like cultivating a delicate flower one day at a time. You see, we make these decisions to fall into things that entangle us for so many reasons. There's genetic factors, there's peer pressure, relational influences. It's based on our circumstances, our family of origin. Maybe there was just an ease about it. Maybe it was enticing or interesting. Maybe it was something that was actually okay for a season, but something that you actually took past its prime, past the time that it was aiding you. But we are trying to throw off a powerful oak within us. We can have all of the reasons and all of the excuses, and it's okay to acknowledge those things, but it doesn't mean it's okay to run this race with baggage. You see, as much as there's explicit direction in this passage, there's also some implicit direction that's also important to talk about. And this comes out of the focus on Jesus. We need to make sure that we are focused on Jesus, and that means that we need to actually learn from Jesus. The author is basically saying, if you're focused on him, we need to understand how he did it. He ran this race ahead of us. So let's look at that through scripture. The first thing Jesus does is that he turns to the Father time and time and time again. He goes away. He makes space to pray. It's important to him. He's not just always caught up in the crowds and caught up in what's happening around him. He goes away with the Father. When he's on the road to the cross, we see him praying and crying out to the Father. Would you take this cup from me? In Luke 22, 42, on the cross, he's crying out to the Father. In the midst of his distress, Matthew 27, 46, why have you forsaken me? He brings his, his frustration. He brings his pain. He brings the challenges that he is facing over and over again. We need to do the same church. We need a relationship with God and recognize that he wants that from us. He also knows the word of God. This is Jesus. We're like, of course you know the word of God. But he actually demonstrates it to us so that we would do the same, so that we would recognize that this is actually a way that we need to throw off what entangles us. We see this when he's tempted out in the wilderness in Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11. He hasn't eaten for 40 days or 40 nights, and he is out there. And Satan comes to him, and he tempts him time and time again. And over and over, Jesus uses scripture to come back and say, I am not falling in to that. Get away from me, Satan. And listen, we need to arm ourselves with those same tools that Jesus did, because you're going to find yourself in a wilderness season. You're going to find yourself in a challenge. You're going to find yourself with baggage. And if you want any chance of throwing it off, we need to make sure we are in his word. You know, maybe you feel like you've got this carry-on baggage. You, you really just can't shake it. You know, this is a lot of stuff to, to carry with you. This is a lot of stuff. This is what I looked like, but with a six-week-old baby in there, too. These are a lot of things to pick up. And we're going, I just can't shake it. I need all of these things. These things are aiding me in some capacity. I need this stuff that I've got with me here, and I'm going to bring it on my trip. I'm going to bring it on my race. I need what's going on. So I've got all of these things, and I am, you know what, I'm feeling pretty ready to go here. But you know, we need to actually drop this baggage because it's eventually going to destroy us. Not only is it hindering our race, it is harming our ability to thrive in the way God has created us to. You see, we are in the midst of a culture who hates discipline, 
believes that truth is relative, feels that we can create whatever narrative we want to, and somehow that will fulfill us. And yet we are seeing depression, anxiety, suicide rates, addiction, and other vices only increase. People are in unhappy marriages and don't know how to deal with it. So then shame creeps in. People have no idea what next step to take. And even when you ask that question to them, anxiety consumes them. And their future is, is sparked with uncertainty. We are obsessed with do more, buy more, have more, be more, and it's exhausting. We are carrying around baggage that we were never meant to carry. And you know what? Getting rid of it is going to suck sometimes. Let's just be honest. The process of that is going to be hard sometimes because sin feels good in the moment. If it didn't, we wouldn't be so easily entangled by it. Let's just be honest here. Discipline, on the other hand, doesn't always feel great. The author addresses this later in chapter 12 of Hebrews. It says there's consequence to sin. There is discipline if we are going to run this race well. But this is a good thing. Sometimes we look at others and and see a lack of discipline as a doorway to freedom. But this freedom of sleeping around, watching or listening to whatever, obsessing over food, turning away from God, doing whatever our heart desires, brings burdens, hurt, pain, and consequences that follows us into every area of life. Maybe you have felt this weight before. Let's not mistake God's discipline for God's anger. So many of us feel like God is angry with us. We didn't get the promotion because God is mad at me. I don't get to do this or that because God is angry. We look at God's anger as common and a regular occurrence that somehow we are under his wrath. But I want to tell you something today. God is slow to anger. Very slow to anger. Discipline is the sign of a good father, not an angry one. An undisciplined child is an entitled one and not one that you want to be around, let me tell you. God is much more compassionate, much more merciful, much more loving. He sees you as his son or daughter. He is cheering you on. He has set the example of what it looks like to run this race himself. He has said, here, this is how we do it. These are the steps. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. God is not mad at you. He has surrounded you with a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. Others who have gone before you, who have messed up, who are jacked up, who are screwed up, who have done things that we are shocked by and we don't even feel good about reading about, but ultimately who have trusted God and had faith in him. So drop the baggage. You don't need to carry it anymore. You need to start pulling up the roots in your life. Take it to Jesus. Find a great therapist. Talk to your connect group leader. Apologize to your spouse. Start tuning into church on a regular basis. Drop the excuses. Join a team. Be committed to prayer and reading your Bible. See, this is the process of throwing it off. What would it feel like to not carry that baggage around anymore? This is what Jesus is inviting you to today, and he's setting an example for it. We all deserve death. We all deserve not to have a hope. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It says in Romans 3.23, you, me, your hero, everyone. But God is full of mercy. And mercy is not getting what we deserve. Instead, we get grace. We are pardoned. We are encouraged. We are loved. We are cheered on. We are given calling, vision, and an example to follow. You know, when I went to this conference when Claire was just a little baby, went to this conference and I was carrying a lot of baggage, not just what you see here. I was carrying a lot of baggage within myself. I was carrying insecurity. 
I was carrying anger. I was completely overwhelmed with a six-week-old baby, a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old at home. I felt trapped in my home. I felt like I had lost a purpose. I felt like, God, where are you? I was dealing with panic attacks that I'd never, ever dealt with in my life. And I was so lost in the midst of it. And I had great support around me. I had great family around me, people who would come at the drop of a hat. But you know, it's interesting because as I was um, worshiping tonight, I didn't know what the worship set list would be. And I love that we sang the song, Surrounded. Because at that conference, with Claire strapped onto me, I, at the end of one of the sessions, that's the song that was on. As the, as the speaker was just saying, I think that some people here today just need to stay in this presence of God. I think some people here today need to drop some things. I think some people need to know how we need to fight our battles. And I thought it was incredible how that's the song we chose to sing here today. And that's the song that we went into for worship today. And I can tell you it was in that moment of worshiping God, hands raised, baby tucked onto me, feeling totally overwhelmed that I dropped the baggage that I dropped the baggage there. And I came back from that conference a different person. Fear was no longer something I held on to. I have not had a panic attack since that time. I am a strong woman. I am a good mother. And I was able to, at the feet of Jesus, drop the baggage throughout that worshiping. And I believe today, we're going to go back into that song in just a moment. I believe today that God wants to take the baggage from you too. That God wants you to drop the baggage. Stop carrying it on your race. Stop running with this all on you. You don't need to do it anymore. You can drop the baggage. This is how we fight our battles, church. This is what it looks like. So listen, every eye closed, every head bowed. If you are listening to this and you have never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want you to know that he wants relationship with you today. He loves you. He cares for you. He died and rose again for you so that you could have the freedom, so you could have relationship with him. If that's you, why don't you just say in your own heart right now, I want to choose you, Jesus. If you're watching online, you can click the button that's coming up in the chat. If you're at a watch party, why don't you throw your hand in the air? We just want to support you. And why don't you repeat after me, Jesus, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for dying for me. Today I choose you. Forgive my sins. I love you. Amen. Amen. That's the best decision you could ever make in a moment where you're going to get some more information about what a next step could be there. But listen, I also want to pray for you just for a moment. If you're feeling like I have some baggage I need to drop, I can't keep running this way. I can't keep going on this way. I can't keep, I just want to pray for you. Just throw your hand in the air, just as a symbol, just as a release, as a surrender, if that is you today. Jesus, you see every hand raised. God, wherever people are tuning in, wherever people are watching from, God, and I am believing for and praying for breakthrough today, God. I am praying that baggage that has plagued people for years will be dropped at your feet today, God. I pray that you would bring healing, Lord. I pray that you bring emotional healing, God, physical healing, mental healing, Lord, that we don't have to carry this with us anymore, God, but that we would be changed people as we walk away from this service today, God. We know you can do it. Holy Spirit, you are with us now, and we believe for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you.
It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Sing it out. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Why don't we just take a minute and just thank Pastor Emma for that message. That was so timely and so needed. Awesome. Well, hey, we're about to head into uh, the next part of our, our service, which we're calling the debrief, which is where we take some time to just unpack the message and chat a little bit about how we can actually apply th this to our lives, reflect on it, and make sure that it actually, we put it into action. So joining me here today, I have Pastor Jared and Pastor Beth Moore, uh, both Moores, Jared and Beth Moore, <laughs> who are our online campus pastors. Yeah. Uh, you guys wear many, many hats, but I'm just so excited that you're joining us, uh, joining me here today. Uh, so hey, what were some of your big takeaways? This was such a timely message that I truly believe spoke to so many of us. Drop the baggage. I think we all have, have things that we actually need to confront, things that we're carrying that we don't need to carry. So what, is, what are some of the things that stood out to you guys? Yeah, I mean, hearing that message, it was one of those messages that you hear, and it's like, that was for me this week. Like, I really needed that, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to think that hearing this message. Um, but for me, I just kept thinking about the baggage of control that I so often carry, of just feeling like, in all circumstances, like, I got to be on top of this. Like, I got to figure this out. I got to make sure that this this situation or this um, scenario that I'm in goes to plan. But that's a hard way to live. It's a, it's a really unfulfilling way to live when you're always feeling like you've got to be the one that's kind of pioneering and perfecting really your own life and your own faith. And so I love that reminder of, of Jesus being the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith and that he's a compassionate father. And when we release things to him, it's going to look so much better than it would when we actually try to hold on to that for ourselves. So that's something that really stuck out for me this week. That's so good. How about you, Pastor Jared? Yeah, I think like really similarly to you, Beth, a lot of what she was saying, I was even just thinking about um, the conversation with Garrett even beforehand and just like, wow, this is like, it's incredible to see what God had done in his life. And the, the thing that Pastor Emma is speaking about is exactly that of just like, hey, release this stuff. You don't have to carry it around. It's ridiculous to try to run a race with all this baggage. And so it was just a powerful illustration, a powerful example, and even just a powerful story from her own life of the vulnerability of like, hey, I've been there. I've walked through this. 
And um, as she's talking about it, even just in the conversation with Garrett, I'm thinking about all this stuff that I'm like, man, I think I've got some baggage that I need to to let go of. And uh, and and it's true. Like when she said uh, letting go of this is gonna suck. Like yeah, definitely. And I can think of like some of the areas in my life where I'm like, man, that's gonna be hard to release that to God. But just such an, an encouraging word of like, okay, I actually do need to release these things to God because as I do that, then there's uh, actual freedom there, and I can actually run this race well. That's so good. So what are some going practical? What are some practical ways that you guys are thinking, even just heading into this week, uh, practical things that you're actually going to be um, reflecting on when it comes to dropping those, the control and, and all these things? What are some, some of those key takeaways that you can give to people yeah. today? I think that one of the big things is that just remembering that we don't have to do life alone and that we can actually invite people into some of these areas where we may find ourselves carrying baggage. I know a huge one for us is even just being able to talk to each other about things like that. And for us, our connect group is also a huge place where we can come and just be like, hey, look, I'm carrying this baggage. Like, could you come alongside me and praying about this and actually being on my team and supporting me in this? And so, yeah, it's a huge thing that we, we don't have to be isolated in this. We can actually have this cloud of witnesses and this army of believers that can come alongside us. Yeah, I think as I, I think practically, this is always the challenging part, right? It's easy to talk uh, about the ideas, but when it actually comes to practically living this out, I think um, it actually kind of goes back to something that Pastor Luke said in his message, message last week of um, just like your focus. What are you focusing on? And I think this week uh, there's this idea of, of faith versus trust. And so do I actually trust God is going to work in these situations in my life. When I release this baggage, do I trust that he's actually going to have something good on the other side for me? And I think just focusing this week on, hey, I've actually got to pay attention to this stuff in my life. And I mean, I mean, maybe it's not practical, maybe it is, but I'm going to be intentional about focusing on, hey, what baggage do I have that I just need to release to God in faith, trusting that he's going to see me through it and that he's got something on the other side. That's so good. And I love that you mentioned, Pastor Beth, about your connect group as well, because really what we're doing right here is what happens in our connect groups, where we really go deeper into the message. We talk about how we can actually apply this, and we get to come alongside one another. Community is so important, and especially this kind of message, it can feel so daunting thinking we have to do it alone, but we actually get to do it in community with one another. So if you're not a part of a connect group yet, we just want, we can't encourage you enough to take that step and actually join a connect group. You can f- see all of our connect groups on our website. You can uh, fill out one of our connect cards, which is, you can find at slatechurch.com slash connect if you want to join a connect group or if you just want to learn more about our church and how you can, can get connected. But hey, if you made a decision today to follow Jesus, that is the best decision that you could ever make. We are so excited for you. And we would just want to come alongside uh, alongside you on that journey of faith. So we would also love for you to fill out one of those connect cards so we can just get in touch with you. Again, resource you, answer any questions that you might have, and just walk out this, this faith journey together with you. But hey, we're about to wrap up the service. And right after the service right now, we have something we call Next Steps. And we would love for you to be a part of that. If, again, you've been tuning in maybe for a while, maybe for a really long time, but you haven't actually connected with us yet as a church. Maybe you have some questions. You just want to get to know us a little bit more. We would love for you to stick around and join that Zoom call. Uh, It's for everyone. Everyone? Oh, I got an air bubble in my... Um, But we would love for you to join that Zoom call right after the service. But thank you so much for joining us today. Have a blessed week. We love you, church. Hey, Kenzie, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Hi, Slay Kids. Slay Kids is now. Slay Kids is now.
Oh, 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 oh,